Don't think healthcare professionals have any business experience? Think again. No topic is off limits as we share tales from our brave hosts who will always tell it like it is. We are hashtag no filter healthcare. Here to guide you through your healthcare journey are your hosts, Taylor Dunn and Tamara Donda. We want to thank our sponsor, Uptime Health, the leading healthcare equipment and compliance management software company for bringing this podcast to fruition. Visit UptimeHealth.com to learn more. Let's get started. Welcome to hashtag no filter healthcare. I'm your co-host, Taylor Dunn. And I'm your other co-host, Tamara Donda, and today we have our guest speaker, Angela Simmons, Partner and Director of Compliance and Content Strategy at Epics. Love it. Welcome to the podcast. <laughs> Thanks for joining us, Angela. It's so great to finally have you on here. You've been a partner with Uptime Health for, I believe, uh, since last year already. I can't believe it. Um, so it's great to have you. Um, and. I don't know if everyone knows this, hopefully a lot of people already know, but Uptime Health is also integrated with ethics. So make sure that you check that out and reap all the benefits. But enough with my uh, my pitch there. <laughs> let's, uh, let's learn more about your background and how you became a part of the ethics team and, and tell us a little bit about ethics and the services you guys provide. Uh, so... I have, uh, my, my background is, is dentistry and healthcare. I've, I've worked in that field for the last 25 years. Um, I started off working clinically. I think a lot of people do that. You start in that clinical area. And then uh, as my career progressed, I, I moved into education. So I taught in the North Carolina Community College System for a decade, um, ran, I was the department chair for one of their health programs. And I stepped outside of that, went into compliance, um, and you know, long story short, I opened my own consulting business, was managing compliance for healthcare clients, government contracting clients. And one of the issues that, that you see in compliance, most especially, and I've, I've talked about this quite a bit with um, several people over the last couple of days, is we look at how we're sitting here in the 21st century and we look at how technology has grown by leaps and bounds over the last 25 years. Almost every aspect of our lives involves technology today. And in, in, you know, in fact, our kids cannot fathom, you know, especially for somebody like me, uh, they can't fathom that there was this time when cell phones didn't exist and you know, smart TVs and YouTube and, and Siri and Alexa. My grandson is just blown away, right? That how did I survive all of these years? Um, so this technology is, you know, it's grown by leaps and bounds. It's integrated into our lives. And yet, if you go in to any business today and you ask them about compliance or you ask them about, you know, how are you managing OSHA or how are you managing HIPAA or information security, um, you're going to see like bookshelves, like it's all paper processes. And so this was one of the things that was really important to me as an educator, as a consultant. How do I not just address compliance for my clients? How do I not just help them achieve um, those goals and those uh, landmarks, milestones, but how do we automate that as well? How do we make it easier for them to, to access that data, to um, make that data more actionable, and then also to produce it when regulators are on site? And I don't have to go find the notebook or the folder or the file cabinet because we've got it all in one place. So. 
I was looking for that solution uh, when I was out in California uh, last year, and I ran into the guys, the original founding partners for Ethics, and uh, I saw what they were doing, and it was serendipity. It was like, this is exactly where I should have been at this exact time. Um, they had a really strong platform framework that they had already created. They were looking at industries like manufacturing and construction. I saw it and I was like, oh, you know, this is healthcare. This is the solution that we need. So, you know, long story short, been working, uh, I've been a partner in the company for the last uh, year and we've been working really, um, really hard uh, towards creating um, content and solutions that will help healthcare entities address every single area of their compliance in one location. I love it. And, you know, you keep talking about compliance and I just, I really have this theory that everyone secretly knows how important compliance is, um, but they're genuinely afraid of it. <laughs> so even saying the word compliance can just scare people off sometimes. Um, so I'm just curious, you know, how does your company combat this fear of healthcare facilities not being compliant? So give us that, you know, hashtag no filter answer. Um, so by the end of this episode, I want people feeling like they're not alone. There is a simple solution to improving healthcare compliance. So, man, you, you hit the nail on the head. There's so much fear, right, that is instilled around just that word compliance and, and what happens. And there's almost this element of, for, for some entities that like, if I, if I pretend like I don't know, then maybe it won't be as bad. Um, and so, you know, it won't be as bad as if I'm just non-compliant, I knew, but I'm not compliant. And so I always tell my clients, you know, you know, number one, um, not doing anything is just as bad as, you know, or saying, saying I didn't know is just as bad as, you know, I did know and, and I didn't do it because there's not really a reason that we shouldn't at this point. Um, but the next, <clears throat> the next aspect of it is that when you engage with a company like Ethics or you engage with a company like Uptime, you're engaging with a partner in that compliance world and we're here to support you. Um, we're, we are the sounding board. We're the people that you come to and say, what about X? What if I did this or I didn't do this? What does this look like? We're the people that can you know, come in. I spend a lot of time doing risk assessments and facility audits. Um, and I'm that person you can tell, like, maybe I'm not, you said I'm supposed to be doing this, but maybe I'm not. So what happens if I'm not doing this? And so I think that's, you know, the first thing, align yourself with somebody who really understands compliance and is on your side. You want that person before the regulator shows up. Um, because I, you know, I go in and I'm going to look at your practice the same way a regulator does, but I'm on your side. Um, and so that's, that is my, my whole job. I'm, I'm going to be, you know, critical when I look through the practice because it's my job to find little things that, that might not be what they should be if a regulator were on site, but that's, that's my role, right? Find those problems before you have the bad outcome. And I would say beyond that, um, that, you know, OSHA is still going to show up, uh, at your practice. You may still have um, that outcome where uh, OCR has contacted you because there's a HIPAA problem. Um, 
and again, it just goes back to why do you have people like you know ethics or why do you have people like uptime? Because when those regulators show up, uh, we can help you walk through those processes, right? We can help you with responding and um, gathering the appropriate uh, responses and data that you need to make sure you have that really good outcome at the end of it. Yeah, that totally makes sense. And it's, um, it's, it's interesting that people don't instantly, you know, understand that concept, right? Um, and that you kind of have to show them and it's good to be on their side, right? And fix the problem before it becomes a problem, right? Um, a costly problem. Um, so as you, as we all know, you know, I feel like one of the biggest topics right now is talking about turnover. So how do you ensure that your compliance and everything that you're educating these offices stays in place if somebody were to leave? So before, I mean, and I, I can definitely, man, I can speak to this uh, from just personal experience. <clears throat> so I, you know, I've worked in, <clears throat> excuse me, education and compliance for the last 20 years. And up to this point, up to uh, having, you know, joining ethics as a partner and working on this compliance management platform, the processes have all been manual. And so I have seen over and over again when, you know, I've got a client and their safety officer leaves, the manager leaves and they, somebody new comes in and then nothing will happen for a little while. And three months in, six months in, I'll get this phone call and they'll say, hey, Angela, like so-and-so's here, OSHA's here, or we, we need this, we need that. And we have no idea what to do because this person left. So one of the, um, one of the pitfalls is because all of these processes were so manual that you had to know where the notebook was. You had to know what was sitting up in that person's brain. When you've got a, uh, when you've got a SaaS solution, right? A software solution, now it's all in one place. And so it's, we, we have one thing that we have to tell that person instead of 20, right? Here's where the OSHA is, here's where the RSDS is, oh, here's where the HIPAA is and infection controls over there. Now we can say, here's the compliance management platform and this is where everything happens at. All of our policies are there, all of our SDS is there. This is where we manage our equipment. This is where we get somebody, we go out and get a tech to come in and, and repair our equipment. This is where we manage tasks and audits and inspections. So I think that like technology is the answer. And I, if I, I've thought about it so much in the, the last couple of weeks or so, and I know I said it just a few minutes ago, but um, it really is. We, we use technology in every other aspect of our lives but businesses are still that, that backside of business compliance and um, business management processes is still so manual. And I uptime had a um, social media post about Excel sheets. And I've seen that, <clears throat> I've seen that before. And in fact, I just, uh, I did, I did a presentation with somebody and we were talking about, you know, Excel sheets have mistakes, right? 88% um, of Excel sheets contain errors but we still use them to manage processes. When you start automating that, you start using uh, technology to, to help automate your processes and um, your daily requirements, you can greatly reduce those errors. It's gonna reduce your risk. It's going to increase compliance. And obviously when you have turnover, which is kind of big in healthcare, 
um, then you can re reduce some of those pain points as well with onboarding that new person. Yeah, and one of the things as far as Excel that we always talk about is the fact that people forget to input the data even. So it's, it's a lot of human error as well. So having the technology on your side can really can really help you in the long run. So when you start working within a healthcare facility, what are the top three compliance mistakes that you see right away and, and you're like, okay, I gotta fix this? Um, I, so I, I think training is probably really high on that list. I go in and um, there's, there's a lack of understanding sometimes of, of what I really need to train on. So not, you know, first not knowing what I need to train on, not having the training in place. So that's one thing that I always try to accomplish really quickly is let's get, start getting some of this training done and make sure that, that we can definitely attest to any regulator that comes into your practice. Um, they're going to be looking for training records, right? Content, content of your training and the training records itself. And I think that that's, that's something that's important. Content matters. You can't just send employees out to YouTube and say, hey, watch X video. You can't just buy like a, a CD or a DVD and say, let's watch this video because who's the expert? Who's, who's answering the questions for those employees that might come out or, and that should come out of that training session? So training is really big. Policy and procedure is another really big issue. Um, there is, there's no, no carve out that allows an entity to buy boilerplate policies and say, this is my policy. Um, the issues that exist with boilerplate policies are that they don't necessarily match your operations and they have to. If, it, if your policy says you're doing it, you have to be doing that. And we see, we see that over and over again um, in, you know, when, when there's a bad outcome. That is true of OSHA. It is extremely true in, uh, in the HIPAA world, the Health Insurance Portability and Accountability Act. You've got to have policies and procedures that are specific to your practice um, and that are being followed, that are being used in the practice. So um, training, uh, policy and procedure, and, you know, beyond that, I would say um, employee understanding and employee um, compliance, I guess, with some of those regulations, with some of those rules. Um, so I always, when I go in, when I go into a practice, um, I evaluate, I do a risk assessment, and part of that is evaluating employee behavior. And that's just simply by observing, right? I can walk around a practice and while I look at all of the different areas of rule that, that could be impacted you know, in the practice, looking at sterilization, looking at their lab, looking at you know, the drugs that they're using and expiration dates and things like that. But I also look at employee behavior because that makes a big difference. You know, if OSHA walks into your practice in the middle of a pandemic and your employees are not wearing personal protective equipment, I mean, it's a bad day. I, I had an opportunity to uh, just recently, within the last six months, uh, I was in a dental practice in another state. And um, I, you know, I walked in and I was terribly shocked that the employees were not wearing personal protective equipment. 
Um, some of them were wearing masks chairside, some of them were not. Some of them were wearing jackets, some were not. Some were wearing safety glasses, some were not. They had food and drink in, in the sterilization room. And you know, those things, um, I mean, I'm an educator and a compliance person, so I don't, I don't want you to do that. But the reality was that uh, I know there's a lot of uh, pandemic, pandemic and, and COVID fatigue, but if there's one good thing for me as a compliance person that came out of this pandemic, was it shown this really bright light on what we should be doing to protect employees in every single industry and healthcare, we've always had, we've always had these protective measures and mandates in place, but we don't always enforce it like we should. And somebody's got to do that within a practice and say, you know, hey, the here's the rules, and this is really about protecting you. It's it's not to be punitive. It's not to make your life difficult. But this is about protecting you. I want you to come to work. And I want you to come in healthy and I want you to leave healthy. I, I don't want you to go home and, and you're sick or you've got a debilitating disease now. So it's about keeping them safe. And I, so I think that's probably that third um, element is employees not really understanding what those rules are, how those rules apply to them and how they need to interact within those rules. Yeah. And I mean, better patient care as well, right? You're protecting. Uh, absolutely. Patient. Um, and they're the ones to write the review. So, <laughs> yeah, patients uh, definitely, I think at this point, and that's, you know, that is something that I always talk about in training with my clients is that the things that we do when our patients are there, and, and even those things that relate very specifically to safety of our employees, because OSHA is only about employees. OSHA does not care about your patients. Somebody else does, but OSHA does not. They are about employee safety. And so even though, even, even though it may be about employee safety, when the patient sees us doing the right things, um, wearing our personal protective equipment, performing hand hygiene, they, the, the patient may not understand all of the technical terms, all of the legal terms, but they understand we're doing something right. And when they leave our practice, they're going to talk about us. Um, and it's going to be positive or it's going to be negative. And I think we have a lot of control in that by doing the right things uh, in front of the patients. And, and when they're not there, um, when they leave, they're going to go and they're going to tell people that, you know what, I was in X practice today and man, they do all the right things to keep you safe. I feel really you know, comfortable there. I feel like I'm safe there. You should go there too. Essentially, compliance, even though people might be a little intimidated by it, but when you have it in place and you're doing everything you need to, the patients notice and then they do the marketing for you. Yeah. And that's what sets you apart from the person down the road um, and elevates your practice completely. And I think you've really touched on some of the, the very big compliance issues that you see in every industry. I come from accreditation and urgent care and I have to say, you definitely, I definitely agree with you. There were so many times that people just wanted to purchase policy and procedure manuals that were templated. And that's great because, you know, they are burdensome. And I totally understand wanting to just be able to take, you know, what someone's already done. Let's not reinvent the wheel here. But at the same time, you still have to go through them. You still have to identify what's going to work for your facility edit them down, make sure that they're right for you guys to be able to truly implement. There's so many times we've, 
we'd do a survey and it'd be like ABC Urgent Care. And we're like, that's not the name of your clinic. (laughs) Hey, but stress no further because ethics is here to save the day. Yeah, that's right. (laughs) Exactly. That's that's what we would like to do. I mean, that's, this is really, I think if I could, um, and one of the things I always try to instill with my clients and, you know, if I needed to send a message out to those potential clients today, it really is that when you hire um, somebody like ethics, you hire somebody like uptime, you're hiring a partner, right? We're there to help you. Um, No matter what I see in a practice, no matter what we discuss in a practice, all of that's between me and the practice. I don't go call OSHA. I don't go call OCR. I don't go call your state board um, because my job is to help that client um, achieve the highest level of compliance, safety, um, that they possibly can. And, you know, my job is to consult with them. My job is to offer them recommendations and, and ways to improve where, where it's needed. Um, so we're, I mean, we're the partner. That's what we want to be a partner in compliance. We want to, we want to focus on those issues that are difficult, that are scary, um, that nobody likes to deal with because we want to make sure that those dental clients and those medical clients can focus on their patients. That's why they went to school. They didn't go to school to, you know, worry about OSHA and, and worry about HIPAA. They want to worry about patients. And so that really is, that's the aspect that we want to take on. Yeah, it was, I mean, this is, I think eye opening for some, and then others are like, you know what, I can completely relate and I need this and it just makes sense. Um, and I'm hoping that there's a lot of people also that are like, I've got this, I've, I've been doing this stuff. And, you know, that's what we want is we just want to make a better experience for all the patients and, you know, improve everyone's business and quality of care. So um, it was really great to have you today, Angela. Compliance, as we said, is always a hard topic to discuss, but we appreciate having an expert like you provide some guidance and pointers to our listeners um, who may be experiencing some of these challenges in their offices today. So um, if you'd like to learn more about ethics, make sure you visit ethics.cloud and please subscribe to our podcast or comment below if you have any questions for us. Thanks, Angela. All right. Thanks, Taylor. Thanks, Tamara.